JS, how's everybody doing this week? I can tell you I had a, a pretty great weekend. I got a win out the Lions, beat the uh, Washington Football Club, as they're known as now. But, um, shit, a, a win is a win, you know what I mean? You know, we're going to make last place look real good. Uh, but it was a, a lot of good music that came out this week. It was a lot of good music. I know a lot of people will say something about this, but I believe that 2 Chainz, has released his best album yet. I put that on record. Best album yet. I'm really digging it. It was overall a dope album. It was consistent. Like every song, it was really it was it was pretty consistent. But it it was a a very solid project. I really have to mention, uh, Goody Mob. They dropped a new album this past Friday called Survival Kit, and it was good. It was really good to hear because you know. It reminded me of like a, a old like the first Soul Food album because they had they had Big Boy and they had uh, Andre 3000 featuring on a couple of songs. So I thought that was hot because it was like, damn, it's like, yo, it's a pretty solid album. I think it was a little too long for me. I guess now, you know, now a lot of times when albums are too long, your replay value sometimes um, you remember how long it is and you don't play it as long. So. I mean, I wish everybody would just knock it back down to 10 songs. I know I'm asking a lot because in this day and age we're streaming, you know, but I'm just speaking from a fan. This week, man, I am really celebrating hip hop. I love hip hop so much. And this week will make me fall back in love with it again. We got a great show for you today and we're going to go right into it right after a message from our sponsors. Let me get two fantasy five quick picks on separate tickets, and let me get three on number 12. Hey, yo, wear your mask, man. Hey, 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 y'all. I know you just want to get away with somebody coughing and shit all in your face. I got the solution for you. I can get you the fuck out of here quick. Come on down to Earl. Earl's 3D printed time machine in Corey. You should come on down and check us out. We got some brand new models that you would just love. And we can get you the fuck out of whatever situation that you are in. Don't, for, don't, for, don't forget to mention Audio Trip. And you'll get 3% off your next order. Today on the Audio Trip Podcast, we have an elite MC, West Coast Greatness, one of the founder members of the Freestyle Fellowship, one of the members of Haku Data, one of the members of AM Radio, brother Micah Nine. Hey, 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 it's all love. What's going on, brother? How you doing today? Man, blessed and 
Happy to be alive, man. It's all love. That's the truth. I'm originally from Detroit. From D-Town? Yeah, and I had got the Freestyle Fellowship tape, right? This had to be like 92. So I had got the tape and um, I was blown away and I was just like, damn. And from that point on, I was a fan. You know what I mean? I was a fan. I was like, and I just followed your career. I was like, man, I would, I would love to have a conversation with Mike and I. I was uh, doing research, watching different. Do I or I dig it? Do your own research. I heard that. Yeah. Oh, I, I was uh, checking out one of your interviews, and um, when was the last time uh, you said to someone, "What's up with the real b boy battle"? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a while because uh, there's a lot of b boy going on and b boy characters going on. Let me think. It might have been just the other day because, you know, Project Blowcat has <laughs> tendency to be like swords. we got to sharpen each other. Sword, sharpen, sword. No doubt. I wouldn't have been surprised if it would have been Ab or L.A. Cool or somebody that might have wanted to test my skills or something or just make sure that I'm still active. But uh, no doubt. it's been a little while since I came up to somebody and been like, yo, what's up with the real B-Boy battle? But <laughs> that was little Mike. I just posted a picture yesterday of, of that cat, Microphone Mike, when I was like 15. Yeah. On Instagram, you know, Micah9, M-Y-K-A-9, IG, Twitter, Facebook. So I posted a picture of me 15 years old. Yeah. With a little Kango on and a bomber and the microphone in my hand. I was on stage somewhere. That was that guy back then in that era, running up on Run DMC and IC and whoever I could. Yeah, I seen the story of Run DMC, uh, and I was I was dying because I me just imagining true story. Yeah, me just imagining you and AC up there just battling them in a Wendy's. Man, some tiny ass b boys about sixteen, fifteen. They're on their way to the airport. Yeah, Captain Cats. I can remember JMJ, rest in peace, because we talked about it later mm -hmm. before he died. When I used to live in New York, yeah, you know, because this went down, you know, in L.A. And we just sat back and laughed because he had that big ass battery. He had like a phone, <laughs> but it was like a car battery with the little curly Q cord. Yeah, the old school the one. Big yeah. earpiece. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> he was sitting outside in the limo. And I'm like, wait, that looked like James Day. And they'll walk inside the Wendy's. Uh -huh. And the Wendy's is completely empty except for the employees. And they go run and DMC standing right there trying to order something. Yeah, we didn't have good laughs since then. And yeah, they've been some supporters of the fellowship through the years. And you know, like I said, I meet JMJ, you know, we had dinner together and hung out. Yeah. Run and GMC have called me out and crew out for videos and stuff. Like, they did a video shoot one time at the Belmont Tunnel uh, in L.A. That's a graffiti art place. And, okay. And uh, that was fun. That's dope. That's dope. I haven't hung out with Tracy IC in a minute. Uh, but I have friends to hang out with him. You know, IC as well, he's been a proponent for the more artistic elements of hip-hop. Yeah. At least how he understands it. So I appreciate that guy for that. I was a big Ice-T fan growing up. I had got a Ron Pays. I think I was in the eighth grade, and I coaxed my dad into getting me the tape. And I was well, like... you have to add that list. Yeah. If you want to be like Ice-T, you have to add that list. Yeah, Ice-T. You, <laughs> you played it. You played yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I ran up and battled him. He was outside a place out here called Veterans Auditorium in Culver mm -hmm. City. It was during... Um, the functions they used to have called Ultra Wave, which was like the black prep scene of all the different high schools in L.A. Okay. And we danced to the, to the beats that ran like Planet Rock and Six Step to the Beat, R9. And, you know, you couldn't get into the place if you're wearing B-Boy gear unless you were TDF. Shout out Tony T and TDF. Mm -hmm. I remember he was with Darlene at the time, I went behind him and he had the primed up Porsche parked up and he was like, 
lip battle for pink slips. And I just remember his lisp. <laughs> I look back, I said, we going to battle for that Volkswagen. <laughs> but I was only about 16 then, too. You know, it was around that time. It just used to have this big bell kango hanging over my head like it was Clint Eastwood or something. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing my finger like it was a gun. When you explain it, I can just imagine just your gear and everything that you're wearing at that time. Yeah, that night, I remember, I might have had on, like, black and gray Puma windsuit. I might have had, like, on... Um, you put a buck rifle with the, with the leaves, with the permanent crease. You know, you would stitch the crease in your leaves. So that was the yeah. permanent crease. Well, I had some Adidas with some fat steps on. Maybe had some suede Adidas. Yeah. Something crazy like that with the church socks. Yeah, with the church socks. A little, socks, little yeah. paper bag under my tango to keep my tango uh, round and puffed. Probably would have had a like, ring or two, bracelet, maybe a swatch watch, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo. I used to dress preppy, too, though. I wasn't just B-boy. I used to dress preppy, too. I'd turn around and wear some Guess some Tantratan or some Dolce Vita or something. Yeah. And I used to go back to New York, come back with the little troop jacket. Troop was pretty big back then. Yeah, troop yeah. Jacket. Yeah, I was like bomber, in eighth grade double, then. Double goose down bomber, you know, or the Van Grack. We was rocking the hell out of Van Grack back then, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever happened to Van Grack? Huh. Yeah. Van Grack, Averick. What happened to Averick? Yeah, like, dang. Lotto, what happened to Lotto? Oh, I used to love like, Lotto. Yeah, with the patch with the colors. The yeah, I used to love Lotto's. <laughs> I used to love Lotto's, boy. Growing up, I had, um, I'm, you know, reading in the source or whatever. That's when I first heard about The Good Life. And then I seen the uh, Ava DuVernay directed um, This Is The Life uh, documentary. And yeah, because she used to rap at The Good Life. What? Yeah, Ava DuVernay was in a group called Figures of Speech. She was called Eve at the time. Wow, she used to rhyme. That's crazy. I oh, know, man. Ava's the best. She's totally the best. Wow. You know, lyrically, I mean, like, she's the best. Like, she's the shit. Really? As well as as a person. Yeah. You know, and as a, obviously as a director and as a force for our people and a pillar mm -hmm. in society. And, you know, as time tells, one of our most historic and prolific creative forces for change, you know, she's incredible. Wow, I did not. I did not. Let's must that. Ava. It was last year, she did a 10-year anniversary for the release of that movie, and it was at the Annenberg Photography Museum in uh, Century City, and we all had a good laugh and had a panel. Afterwards, she introduced me to a cat that was the president of CalArts. They ended up hiring me to um, give, like, a synopsis of my syllabus, yes. you know, got a class breakdown, you know, probably going to put together an audio course, you know, for freestyling and whatnot. Yeah. So it turned out to be a good night where one good thing led to another. Yeah, that's dope. And uh, you know, my son Park Bench people from uh, Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah. Played slightly in one of her movies, uh, Wrinkle in Time, you know, the movie about the girl. Yeah, yeah. The one that uh, like Oprah was in, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, she kind of keeps me in play. That's my sister. Learn my able, learn my able. That's dope. Do you have like one of your best memories from being at the good life and all the time? I mean, there's so many memories, so many. I just remember going up there and, you know, basically you go up there and by the time that Thursday came, you might have had a song or two written and memorized. I guess I had more time on my hands than I do now. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, after a while, you know, you came with the antics as well. So I'm like, uh, I was always trying to come with a different style yes. every Thursday, right? I mean, I had my basic chop style that became kind of popular in L.A. and around the world, obviously. Yeah, right, yeah around the world. Yeah. But, um. You know, there was other styles and approaches and rhythms. I remember one time I went there, and I might have had on, like, a dashiki or something and beads and 
hair all done up or you know, maybe in a kufi or something. Yeah. I think I sat down on the stage and brought a djembe drum and started playing the drum and rapping at the same time. And then I think it might have kicked into some crazy African beat, you know. Or yeah. The goal back then was just to blow up. And so yeah. it could either be the tension and release that you build with your style as you get louder and louder and more intense. And you say a certain line or do a certain style that just freaks everybody out and then everybody goes, yeah. or it could just be, what's you going to come with this time? Like I remember one time I rapped on the Mo Better Blues song, you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that time though, it was just so funny and I'm blowing it up. So I remember bringing down the house. I mean, granted, there was so much talent there, man. I mean, yeah. I've seen cats come in there, you know, wearing like, sackcloth and linen and, and potato sacks. Seeing people come in dressed as full-on slayer, like guar, like punk rock. I mean, had feet metal, like, yeah. <laughs> with their hair spiked and kiss face paint. <laughs> but some of the best times would be mm-hmm. during the end, where you're doing, like, the roundup at the end. Some of the MCs are signed on. We yeah. sit on stage. They go up there and rap, and that's, you know, please pass the mic or whatever. I'm glad I never got please pass the mic on. Please pass the oh, mic. Like oh, so you was bombing when somebody told you please pass the mic. Yeah, you're bombing when yeah. they say please pass the mic. But, you know, just at the end, we would have like a jubilee kind of like uh, a little, you know, round robin. And that's when a yeah. lot of styles would really pop up because you got all these MCs and there's an air of competition. Yeah. But, I mean, the good life of getting exposed to the vegetarian food and wheatgrass and place yeah. where you can meet, you know, conscious queens and yeah. place where, uh, you know, sharpen your skills. And in the parking lot, that was an entirely different arena. Because the good yeah. life only ran for so long until they started extending hours and different things. In the parking lot, you were able to battle anybody. You know, uh, I remember, uh, corrupt, corrupt from uh, NWA, we battled. Oh, uh, from Dog Pond? parking lot. He was with uh, Bimby. Bimby, rest in peace. Brought him over in the tow truck. And I think Jay Smooth was there, too. We was going back and forth, and he was almost trying to get me a little bit. And I had oh, to what? break out the, oh, he really trying to get at me. <laughs> and I just started getting, like, this fireball, pure lava, you know, one and all that shit. Yeah. But then it was getting a little huffy and puffy after. It was like, hold on, man. <laughs> shit. You know, we just rhyming, bro. Me and Corrupt are good friends now, man. Yeah. Every time I see him, he give me a big, long hug. He never takes off his sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. nah, that guy is dope. That guy is super dope, dude. Corrupt is like just fucking amazing because he's, you know, obviously the intellectual gangster style. Yeah. So I love that shit. And yeah. I love that shit all day. Him, Raz, Kaz, you know, East Coast, West Coast. I love that intellectual gangster shit. I always like the intellectual angular. Like, I just got a shout out to Magnetic and Seas from the East Coast, man. Them cats was just so fucking crazy. The stuff that they were doing was ahead of its time and only few musicians and songwriters and you know who would consider their songs songs in the sense of more vocal displays of rap prowess yeah but nah man like you know the stuff that i would do that i did in the 80s and on through recognized the styles and a lot of the styles are like some of are more successful and even posthumous mcs of those days we're talking about not just rapping stuff, we're talking about arrangement yeah. of a tune or a piece and composition, you know, verse, chorus, this, that, the other. Yeah. And very few MCs take the time to either A, keep a pattern or a style throughout a song. Yeah, true. Or if there's more than one MC on it, keep the same pattern. Because different MCs have different styles, different yeah. voices, different approaches. 
That's why I would love my ultramagnetic MCs because they did that a couple of times where who keep an open a song, but then towards the end of the song, you'll hear set G. Yeah. But he'll like say the same rap cadence, but yeah. just different words. And, and that shit was so wild. Yeah. And when you heard De La Soul do it, yeah. that shit was so wild. You know, when when when, when Paz and, and, and Mason and them would all do that same little pattern, yeah. that shit used to drive me wild. You know, of course, I did songs like that as well through the years. You know, you're Eminem, might have did on a couple of songs, or when Biggie Small, rest in peace, did this joint with Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Certain songs where it kept the same pattern, yeah. had the same little punchlines at the same part of the verse. Yeah, I love that so much. I like I love cohesion in, in any of its forms when it comes to music, and especially in hip hop these days. Yeah, and now I like you know playing with the arrangement a lot, playing with the bars. That's dope. You know, me being a Mike and Nine fan, I was like, dang, I wonder why you know why I wasn't more songs with Mike and Nine in De La Soul, for example, or Trap Call Quest. This is me growing up thinking like, man, you always want your favorite artists to do songs together. You know what I mean? I know you have collaborated with Talib Kweli. Why yeah. haven't you collaborated with more artists on the East Coast? Good question. I don't reach out that much for features or collaborations. I think the last time I did was the Pharrell Monson. He was going to jump on a tune, and I think we just couldn't get the right beat together of which uh, beat we were going to do. And I think this COVID thing hit. Yeah. But um, I have a project coming out. Shout out DJ ALK okay. in Kauai, Hawaii. Uh, he put me together with a brother named Profound, uh, a producer in the UK. Rest in peace. He died. Oh, but um, out of the series of songs, we came down to, you know, a nine-side piece, intro, outro. Nine songs. So we're calling it Nine Clouds. Okay. And Feral Mons was, was slated to be on that. Uh, but East Coast and Seas have collaborated in past. Uh, I did a joint with uh, AWOL and ASOP Rock, you know, but that was dope, you know, maybe five, six six years ago, seven years ago. And, you know, I toured with Cat Flow Suicide Stimulus. And, but so far as, um, you know, mainstay cats, you know, I've done a few songs with some East Coast cats if you dig in the crates with it. Yeah. Many years ago, there was this thing with the East Coast and the West Coast. And, you know, I kind of grew up in a, a pretty intense neighborhood yeah. in L.A. You know, I'll just leave it at that. They put me together with another cat in the East Coast, a real big name cat. And I kind of represented for the hood, so to speak, for it. But at the end, I remember something, something like over being made set trip since a teen. Now I live a dream of red and blue making green, you know, yeah. something like that. And I remember that joint. That was a heavy joint I did with, with the guy at the Jones, you know. Yeah. Back in the early days in New York, I ran with Talib and Most Def, Forte, Noy Hill, Son of Man. Yeah, he, yeah uh, he had told a story about y'all sharing an apartment on his podcast. Um, oh, yeah, man. And then you got the cat, uh, Devon, shout out Devon, and shout out Rubik's. And I especially loved his uh, place of employment called Inkiru Books. Yeah, yeah, the bookstore. I must yeah. went in there from time to time, spent 100 here, spent 400 there, just been buying books, buying books, and, and you know, reading the books. And, you know, it's a good life. Another thing, not to mention, we talk about the vegetarian aspect of the hip hop, but it was also everything sort of a black revolutionary vibrations there yeah. it was it was a place of wokeness you know because we were bearing our african medallions and stuff we were yeah. entering or, or exiting the first stage you know the red stage of black awareness trying to unfuck ourselves back then yeah <laughs> no doubt <laughs> and so that carried on to when i was you know, I've been going to new york since like i don't know maybe 85 86 mm-hmm. every year every other year 
Then I moved out there back in the early quality days, I don't know, maybe 93 to 95 or since a couple of years out there in Brooklyn. And uh, so they continued the wokeness. You know, when I'm able to go to the theater around the corner from the Kiru Bugs and see Sankofa by Haile Harema, you yeah. know, or, or if I'm able to enjoy the African marketplace, but, you know, we have that in L.A. as well. But I, re- I recall in New York it being completely turned up, like yeah. wild. You got sisters with drums, dancing with drums, doing backflips. Or, yeah. you know, um, on Gaza Strip on Eastern Parkway, their festival that they have. I don't know if it's a West Indian festival or some kind of festival they would have. You know, strong to people. Yeah. I'm just loved the overall culture. Of course, I was hitting in the jazz spot, Blue Note, all in Greenwich Village, all that stuff. Yeah. Just right in. I love I was Blue firmly Blue, yeah. becoming versed in jazz standards. I was playing trumpet. Uh, I don't play anymore, but that made me a better vocalist. My ears are my best instruments. So I like to think. And finally, I'm starting to understand pitch and, uh, you know, tone and flat and sharp. It just took me a little while to really train my ear. You know, backgrounds of harmonies now. I love rapping and singing in harmony and shit. Because yeah. uh, it just opens up dimensions of music when, when I hear it back, where I can enjoy listening to a tune more than once and hear different themes every time I hear it. Yeah. Similar to uh, certain rhyme patterns. You know, those early days were very monumental, be it the good life or be it, you know, in terms of living in New York. And also, you know, shout out to my old manager at the time, Kedar Masterberg, and some of my old jazz mentors, be it JMB, Billy Higgins, uh, Horace Tapsky, rest in peace, or even some of my industry mentors like yeah. John Bukowski Jr. And those were early producers that taught me about multi-tracking vocals and instrument pieces and mixing and arranging and production and panning and frequencies and EQs and oscillation and automation and tubing and working in big studios and small studios and learning about contracts and deals and deal yeah. memos and points and royalties. And so it was just a, a major learning period. And so from having a couple of major deals, like with Arista, I had a single deal that ended up touring the nation at the age of 19, wow. 40 cities, limos and airplanes, you know, to go to the pin relays. And I'm there rapping, opening up for LL Cool J, ZDP, uh, EPMD. Wow. And I'm on stage and I'm wearing a big hat like MTV with my dreads hanging and a long coat with some khaki shorts and some all stars. <laughs> yeah. Converse. You know, I come on stage with people laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I already told the DJ yeah. when I drop my hand, drop the beat. So yeah. I start rhyming, I can tell out. You know, this mind you, it's a theater with like 5,000 people in it. Yeah. Everybody quiet while I'm rapping. And then as soon as I dropped my hand, the beat came right on time with my rap. Yeah. And the whole crowd just went, ah! That was my story. It's yeah. just turning that poison into medicine, you dig? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Man. But no, my ESO's days were deep. Was pirate radio stations, you know, the battles, the sessions, you know, rolling my first blunt at the age of like, I don't know, 16. Yeah. <laughs> we stayed up all night. I was, I didn't know how to roll a blunt. I was just acting like I knew how to roll a blunt. <laughs> yeah. They were playing basketball. I remember all them cats. Well, you know, shout out Dwayne Earl and the Earl, Earl's Grill family, Earl's on Crenshaw. They were oh, the first no. people to take me to New York. Wow. And I stayed with them, my West Indian family, you know, my, my Trinidadian, you know, family, my good folks. They came with a hot dog cart and they made a multi million dollar business from it. Wow. And they've been pillars in the community and 
employing the youth and just overall good family people, man. I love them. Back then I went there and went to a small house uh East Flatbush. Yeah. And uh woo, as soon as I got the cab, that came at me with the big long nose revolver. Right. <laughs> Just doing a block check. <laughs> <laughs> a, bl- a block that's check. That's when I got exposed to house music. Yeah. And I got exposed to real dancehall move music and been in them basement basement parties. <laughs> where you dance with a gal but then her her youth and their crew, they way over there in the corner. And then they come and surround you. You're not supposed to dance with no one girl, you know, the blah, blah, girl like that, right? Wow. But then my crew, my people whistle, and then a crew surround them. Yeah. And then it's like too easy. You know, I don't know the culture, so we got to walk home, and I'm wearing my friend Clark pinching my feet because they're a little small, but I'm wearing a nice shark skin suit, though, back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, New York, man. You know, fellowship did work with um, the cut out there from uh, – Okay, player. Now it's called mm-hmm. Mass Appeal. Yeah, that's Peter. Shout out Peter Bittenbender. You know, fellowship released a couple projects in Haiku to talk with him. You know, he was a co-administrator of Project Blow for a while. Project Blow Recordings with H. Low. Okay. Let me see what else was my East Coast stuff. What stuff was no people? I did all kind of demos and stuff with people back then. Matter of fact, now I remember some of the recordings I did too with uh, Fred Astaire and. Mike Professional, Mike Pro, Mike Professor, um, Daddy O, of course, yeah. you know, yeah. You know. But more recently, shit, uh, need to talk to Chase or somebody, see how I can get down with some of them Griselda cats. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, I love, so yeah crazy, I, lo- I love Griselda. I love Griselda. You dig the <laughs> videos, everything. And I, I like Aesop Mob, too. Yeah. I like, you know, certain, certain cats, Ferg and them, you know, I'm yeah. all that I love Chase, you know, from Subscientific. Yeah, know? yeah. Chase Simpson. So, yeah. you know, that's all my, you know. I love all the guys out there doing the jazz cats too, man. That's what I was wondering. Like, being that your style was heavily influenced by jazz, did you feel like it was full circle the moment uh, when Jose James had covered Park Bench People? Oh, man, that was such an honor because cats through the years have do songs to give me an honorable mention and homage you dig, like, Shout out All City Jimmy, a.k.a. No Can Do. He did a song called Microphone Mike, mm. where he uh, co-phrases uh, one of my choruses, the ones we really want, we really get it, what we know, yeah. in a passionate way. You know, that, that cat's a serious artist, and he will take your head off. <laughs> yeah. When Jose James called, he asked me if he could cover the song. I said, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if it's going to be some coin involved, maybe a royalty or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's not the point. I was just honored by it. I was like, man, the, the songs are there for the air. You know, it's an honor. So I can stand or whatever, you know. And it was strange because that song has an interesting, you know, story. JMD looped Red Clay. And I freestyled on it. But I ended up basically transcribing word for word. But I freestyled. And we went back in the real studio, recorded it. But he went and took the musicians. And from mm-hmm. that loop, they did a different horn arrangement and did oh, some other chord changes and stuff with it. We did that song, and maybe a year after, you hear Q-Tip doing the Hey, Sucking Nigga, you know, and he yeah. redid Red Clay. Nobody bites or whatever. It's just that creative tendency, because who knows when he actually recorded his version of it or whatever. But yeah. there was just something to be said, you know, for Freddie Hubbard, Rest in Peace, and that Red Clay and that and that movement. I love that song, the way it begins, it's like a ball of confusion. And Red Clay, you know, it's kind of like an ode to creation, in a sense. Where in Al Islam, they said it, that man was formed from, you know, many forms of clay or many yeah. colors of clay or clay, you know. And that's how I think about that. And that ends in that same ball of madness song-wise. But 
But yeah, man, we do the song. I'm, I'm looking out the window freestyling, you know, about the park, you know, the Mert Park. Because I can kind of see it through the corner of one of his windows. Where I, anyway, he lived pretty much a block away from the Mert Park. Okay. And, uh, you know, sometimes I might have been in between spots or, I don't know, maybe just fucked up, drunk or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, crashed on the bench or some shit, you know. You know, I've had some moments of low self-esteem, rather, where I might have, you know, been homeless or on the couch tour, so to speak. Yeah. You know, staying in somebody's garage or something, you know. That's pretty much what that song was about, just kind of like an acknowledgement of that. Because I was already past the good life and hanging out in Lemur Park, which is like our little Harlem, our little British village, our jazz hub, you know, post-Central Ave. Yeah. A lot of the jazz influence affected me, and so I tried a different register. You know, I was hip to Gil Scott Heron and, and uh, you know, Don Lucien and uh, Andy Bang. So I kind of did that song in that angle as an homage to them as well yeah. in that era in time, that black, Afrodelic, futurelic kind of soul. Yeah. And my, you know, mom and dad, rest in peace, they were both jazz people as well, music people as well. So, you know, it's kind of like an homage to them as well. So, but that's it. The song had an interesting story. And yeah, the part of these people is definitely a product of that jazz influence as well as uh, parts of that, or that tune we did. Uh, gotta be righteous, it gotta be me, Boundary. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. No doubt. Nah, it's classic. Just growing up with that song, it's like everybody knows that song. You know what I mean? Everybody oh, knows the song, that song. Oh, yeah, Jose James. Yes, we can do the song. So, yeah, I didn't know he was going, you know, when Edda James uh, got mad at Beyonce for singing her song. Yeah. That's my damn song. You know, I'm impressed. I'm like, damn, I didn't know he was going to sing my song so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Sounded like a little bit of, his voice has a slight chem, like chemistry uh, quality to it, and a little yeah. Al Jarreau-ish kind of quality yeah. to it. You know, because he's more of a singer-singer and a musician, dude. And uh, I was like, no, he gave it an honorable treatment. He played me the first version. Mm. Then he played me the second version that was nice and full mix. Then he went and played me the philharmonic version. Mm. He he went ahead somewhere and got a full philharmonic orchestra, man, to do that song. And it's absolutely gorgeous. I hope you guys get a chance to hear it. Yeah, I would love to hear that. And in the videos, he did one video of him doing it in the basement with a red different cat. Then he yeah. went ahead and did a, a video in the homeless shelter. Wow. I'm like, man, you go on ahead, man. Yeah. Just send me some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I've, I mean, I, I love the original more because I know of that. I know of that one first, you know, so when you grow up with something, you know, you always going to love that one more, but, oh, you yeah, know, that one, but when my, I, my birth was in that movie, Sydney Hill. No, again, it, earlier it was in that movie, uh, Rick Latton. Yeah. And I think, um, we had another son of fellowship that was in a, a, a short movie or some movie or TV movie called Strapped. Yeah. So, you know, we had a couple bright moments here and there through the years. Main thing I'm proud of is we helped get the world to freestyle rap and, yeah. you know, help seed the grounds for the underground hip-hop movement and kind of promoted that business model as well. Yeah. Some people stuck to it more than others. Yeah. Just a legacy, you know, legacy-wise. Independent, wise, independent yeah. business model. Yeah. Well, I've been mainly independent. I mainly just, you know, do my shows and royalties are not really that effectuating in my life, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But just, you know, those good features. Because mm-hmm. I keep my prices competitive for features. There's no escalation of sorts. And yeah. that's been a joy, you know, working with other up-and-coming artists as well as other major artists that hire me for a feature. Like you said, yeah, I collabed with uh, Talib a couple years ago on that joint, Radio Silence. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. I love my collaborations I've done lately with my diehard Project Blowed Affiliate, Heavyweight. Yeah. And of course, I got a shout-out AC and Ab and LA Cool and Mr. CR and shout out to some of the DJs as well. DJ Kilu, shout out 
some of the more entrepreneurial artists as well, like Self Jupiter and Daddy Kev, Alpha Pup and Chesky and Fake Four. And through the years, I've done a tremendous amount of work with my good brother Factor in Canada. Okay. To boot, what I'm proud of is uh, I had never been able to get into Canada because I had a felony, right? And they finally okay. let me in last year, literally right before the COVID hit. I got a chance to tour Canada and uh, finally record with Factor one-on-one in person. Factor, the year before that, released a sub-anthology of mine called Years, where throughout the albums and singles work that we've done, it accumulated over 50-plus songs. Wow. So we're like 55, 56 songs. So when I went there, first time we were able to co-produce a track and co-write a track. And that Synergy produced a four-song EP we just released called People in the Making Progress. And that video yeah. was released. Yes. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that video because it's a real inspirational vibe to the video. Yeah, you know, I don't get the big budgets and shit. You're not going to get the cash doll, Meg the Stallion, uh, Buster Ryan budget. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I yeah. do my thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with everything that was going on in the video, I was like, man, this is this is a dope video because I just felt the energy from, you know, everybody dancing or whatever. Oh, no doubt, man, because I had a concept with the song when I did it. Yeah. You know, that's me in the background going, boop, 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 boop. And that's me on the bass and, you know, cracked on the drums and whatnot. And he embellished it excellently oh. with this guy with the horns. Yeah, yeah, the horns. Yeah, the horns exactly what I was hearing because I was already in. Alex Haley Roots mode. Yeah. I was already knowing the footage was going to depict me in the park, Lemur Park. Yeah. I don't care how many videos I do in Lemur Park. I'm always promote that. Shout out Ben Caldwell as well. Chaos Network. Uh, I like that song because I was doing the paw style. Because everybody expects me to chop, 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 chop. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I've been chopping since the mid 80s. Yeah. So of course, you know, I get tired of doing it or want to explore different rap styles during my journey. But with that said, we do the video. I mean, I might have footage from. When I was doing Juneteenth, we had like thousands of people out there were on stage blowing up. Shout out DJ Battlecat. And then more footage of me just rapping next to the Crenshaw mural, or yeah. we call it the Crenshaw wall. And then combining that footage with some other outtakes and B-roll, people that were just there dancing on an average Saturday. We came up with a nice piece, I think. It kind of reminds yeah. me of the way it's kind of like a South African vibration to it. Yeah, no doubt. But it's L.A. <laughs> no doubt. I thought it was, I thought it was very fitting uh, for where we are today. You no, know what I mean? apropos, and considering I recorded it in December before wow. all the Floyd stuff went down. Wow. Rest in peace. Wow. You know, I was out there protesting, man. Ain't nothing in the world like looking at them dudes. I'm looking at their fingers and they stop indexing and they yeah. got their finger on the trigger. Yeah. Why are you saying, defund the police, fuck the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers getting mad. I'm going, one, two, three, fuck the police. And then people around me start fucking shit up, destroying shit. Yeah. And they start moving forward. Everybody start running. You know, just different places. And plus, I wasn't trying to be a super spreader. Yeah. So no. I had to measure that with a little bit of caution. My old ass out there running around <laughs> with the kids. Yeah. And, you know, they wear the mask, but then they don't cover their nose. <laughs> I don't understand that. They're, they're yelling at the police. Yeah. Sitting on them, giving them COVID. I can't blame the police for wanting to, you know, but at the same time. You got to understand, they can't be out here killing us. Yeah, true. And just, you know, the politics in general, the left, the right, true. moderate center. And now you got this cat. He acted like he don't even want to leave the White House. Yo, like, he's going yeah. cuckoo. Cuckoo spelled C-O-U-P. Like, man, it's over, man. It's time to leave. It's time to leave. You know, he's exercised radical display. You know, some could call it, you know, aspects of the 12 principles of power. You can look at it like, okay, 
he's done all those rituals and probably has like some darker forces or not darker because to me black is beautiful dark is beautiful you know i'm ready for the dark photon magic but in this case evil and whatever evil rituals and vibrations that he's went through and dealt with you know that makes him feel a little more entitled not to mention all the people in this cabinet getting sick. So you're talking about continuation of government. Yeah. It's like just the worst and vulgar display of ignorance that oh. I've ever seen in cult, hypnotic, mass uh, deception. It, it's just bizarre because our friends, mm. they were like disenchanted by what they saw was a conspiracy against Bernie Sanders. They okay. were Sanders supporters, and they swing far away from Hillary and become... A Trump supporter and a QAnon supporter. Wow. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I don't go so far as to say Q-tards or nothing, but I ask critical <laughs> questions as well because they know if they're having like a depth of material, you got to do a deep dive and read. Yeah. Now I guess I've got more time than I haven't had lately. And you get to read and you're just reading and reading and reading. Okay, there might be a hint of something there which, you know, makes you want to go further and pulls you in or some clickbait. But then you find out nothing burger, nothing burger, nothing burger, no worldwide cabal of People eating children and, and adrenochrome. No, no, no. Right? Yeah. Not even denied that there's no real proof, no viable proof, no provable proof. And so in this case, you have the election. There's no proof of fraud. Not the at same all. election, the same democracy, you know. Yep. And then at the end of the day, I start to ask myself, Mike, why are you getting so involved in this stuff? Be it the conspiracies, be it the, the right, the left, yeah. you know, the Deuce Bigelow's. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Latifas. <laughs> Shout out Queen Latifah. I love Latifah. Yes. Matter of fact, I got a Latifah story. My first time rapping on stage in the club, uh-huh. she was headlining the show. It was at a place called Total Experience on Crenshaw. And she was headlining the show, and Tone Loke was opening up for her with uh, E Rule. Shout out E Rule a lot. That's my good bro. He's still gone. Uh, shout out Born a lot as well. Shout out Monica Pond. Big Pond. Shout out Will Blast. You know, I just got to shout out my folks while I can. They've all been instrumental in my, my hip-hop, you know, from one of law original God Body, you know. Yeah. The years that we brought together at The Good Life and even personal times when you looked around the corner for me and we were just getting these intense mic drills. I might have had 22 ounces or something with some Heineken. Uh-huh. Might have had a blend of something and sat in there and might have rhymed a good five hours, eight hours straight on a daily till sweat's pouring down us in the studio. It's just me and him. Uh-huh. Also, I'm going to shout out... Uh, Sugar BNC Love, that was another profound, jazzy-oriented hip-hop female group from The Good Life. Okay. Along with uh, Figures of Speech, that was Ava DuVernay's group. And Medusa, of course. Yeah. Gotta shout out that goddess. Yeah, I'm familiar. Goddess. I'm familiar you know, with Medusa. Five Footer, shout out Neb Love, Cobra. You know, I like to shout out the queens in the game, too. All the queens. Brandy Kane, you know, System. Yeah. And again, if you guys pay a little attention to the abstract roots, Keep the field movement highlights a lot of female MCs as well as we have this uh, Project Bloat anniversary that we've all been doing now every year. Yeah, how will y'all do it being with COVID? I think it's going to be virtual. Okay. Or maybe a combination of virtual and not virtual. I don't think we're going to do the drive-in and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, it'll probably be virtual and I don't know if heads are trying to monetize it or not, but the rest will be revealed shortly. I don't want to get too much away right now, but it's all in the works and it's all going down. And I still got a little merch too. And Jupiter always keeps our fellowship merch up, but I still got a little Mike and I merch. And I'm still doing features. You know, I got cool rates. You know, people can DM me or PM me at a MYKA9. Okay. When it comes to your body of work, what is your personal favorite album? 
out of all your albums? It's crazy because, I don't know, a couple years ago, me and Al were sitting there, and, you know, he was trying to ask me how many songs I've done or featured on or been on or whatever. And I don't know, I was like, maybe a couple hundred. He was like, Mike, easily 800, 900. So I think now I'm over a 1,000. Yeah, that's on like 100. I'm like, no, you got to be. I've, I've been on a 1,000 songs. Either with, if you combine Fellowship, Haiku to Tall, my, I don't know, 10 plus album projects, as well as the host of features. And then I'm constantly now reconfiguring how I look in the queue of, let's say, YouTube. But then you go to SoundCloud, you go to Bandcamp, where it's like, oh, I haven't heard certain songs since I've recorded them. And, and you know, it, it kind of takes you there. Like for me, it's like a, like a, an emotional or chemical, or a biochemical snapshot where it makes me feel a certain way when I hear tunes. Yeah. I always find myself listening to songs on purpose that I don't think were my personal favorite mm-hmm. and then finding bright moments and be like, oh man, you slept on your shit. Yeah. <laughs> you just sleeping on that. Delusions <laughs> of grandeur. You don't play yeah. that. Nigga, that's just boring. <laughs> like, there's a little shit like that. Like, oh, this song, uh, you know, oh, 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 you, oh, you did do that little extra bridge thing or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's dope. Tell me about the the Dark Moon comic. Is it literally a comic book? It's a digital comic, but yeah, okay. it had a physical too. It had a physical with it as well, not all the volumes. Definitely, it's such an honor to shout out Freematic. He is such a king. He is such an honorable cat. He is such an interesting and progressive producer. You know, um, shout out Rapper Forte as well. But yeah, man, it's it's all his birth. That's his creative baby that he welcomed okay. me into his world early on the onset which was a sci-fi motion horror comic where you're online or you're looking at a screen and you do a mouse click. And so your 2D image with the bubbles, with the text, will move to the next page. But sometimes you turn a page, it's not just a page like a comic, but it actually turns into 2D and or 3D action with sound effects and everything else. So you had Dark Boom Volume 1, Volume 2, and it's been up to four volumes. And now the one that they're working on now, they have me as the character. I'm looking at a refrigerator magnet of me as that character in the uh, Dark Moon series. And so we did music for that. He did the beats, I did the rhymes and singing and whatnot. And uh, the first, it culminated into an album called Teleported. And when I listen to it, it's got a heavy vibe because it's okay. a home thing. It's definitely dope, definitely weird. I have some stuff where I'm chopping on it. I have some stuff where I'm just kind of straight rhyming with him and factor and a lot of producers just send me a beat okay. that has a name and i usually just run with the, whatever the name is that they made the beat just gel the concept as such especially if the sonics describe it yeah sometimes it's a challenge for me to make a marriage of it but i don't force it too much the teleported project you know i, I just i like jericho i like i really like chill blade uh songs that i first teleported album but now teleported two is done and we did a slew of tunes. Uh, I want to shout out, like, I did a video called Bass. How low can you, yo, would you smoke a few moles and do, you know, that yeah. didn't make the album because it was already released as a video or whatever. But um, plenty of other songs on Teleported 2, which is the next album, that are just seen in that vein. And I didn't know that there was actually a genre called weird rap or art rap or nerd rap. And I know that all three of those are specifically different. I know people are very passionate about you know, those genres. So Yeah, I've heard of art rap like with like bus driver and stuff like that. Yeah. But the teleport is dope. I think there's talk of developing a video game. Oh dope. Well for it. 
it's just interesting, you know, that you asked about that particular piece because I've done projects like I have the teleported vibration. Then I have the live band album that I released last year called um, High Maintenance Jackson. Shout okay. out to the Flippers and, and Mike Cody. And that's all live band album. And then you have, you know, the studios. I want to shout out Adriatic because we released the album, the project uh, In Motion. And so he's a younger cat. Okay. And, you know, so the sound has more of a blend of hip hop and more of a current feel to it. Series of releases that I've been doing lately, and I'm just excited about all the music and the people I've been working with across the board. Yeah. I'm going to shout out Abnormal Injustice. I did an album with him called Tonight's Program, which is excellent hip-hop, okay. in my humble opinion, that I hope you guys listen to. But I do my thing. I do my thing because of my ability. Just, uh, I'll make as many beats as I used to, though. You know, I'll leave that to the, to the beat experts, but yeah. Vocally, though, when people send me features, they'll send me the beat, they'll send me the money, and then I'll write, record, do my thing, and then I'll send them a reference and then uh, a session so they can mix it. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm also at the mercy of however they mix it or whatever they choose to do. They might not send you the final mix for you to approve or might not send you the final edit before they go to mixing. Next thing you know, your lyrics are nudged a little bit to the left or to the right. Ah. Uh. But, you know, hey perils of our craft yeah hazards of the occupation yeah but you know I've, I've learned to let go of that kind of stuff I'm, i mean i'm passionate about my craft but at some point you know you gotta let a baby go you gotta let it go yeah that's true that's true i've done songs with cats where i've just murdered like three verses but they only wanted two okay so so you can well what are you gonna do what are you gonna do with that other verse <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do with that don't try to make another song with it move your stuff around take four bars off your first eight and put them on the back end because that's what they think was cool. Ah. Not knowing you're writing to the convolutions of the track. Or the worst is when you did a, a pseudo-melodic rap or a rap where you kind of pitch change uh -huh. and they do the remix and the remix is totally out of pitch and out of tune with your voice. <laughs> uh, I know that's cringeworthy at that point when you listen back to oh, it. Oh man, purified cringeness, bro. You could have said it better, man. It's like, 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 ah, like, what is this shit? Man, you put this out? <laughs> like, man. So there's a lot of give and take, yeah, you true. know, with this crap. True. How do you feed your brain to stay sharp as you do? Because your vocabulary, Ooh, your vocabulary is is amazing. I'm, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. I got to get sharp again. Woo! I, that's why I've been pounding water lately. Like, cause, <laughs> you know, after a good night of drinking or something, yeah, smoking a little bit too much weed. You know, the way that we got these weed products now, they're like very, very potent. Yeah, among other things. And you wake up and you know, no. Nah, but I would suggest like, like this is what I intend to do, but what I've been doing when I'm at my sharpest is when you just, you know, you nurse that one good joint of blunt throughout the day. You know, yeah. maybe another one in the evening, but you're definitely getting out, you're working out, you're on your bike or whatever it is, you know, you're getting your circulation going, your core going. Yeah. Pounding that water, but you're nurturing yourself with multivitamins and probiotics. And I, I would suggest any sort of eugenics product, uh, Prevagen or something like that. At this stage of my life, I think that helps me. And when I was doing it, it was helping, you know, because I'm, you know, about to be 52 now, so things are getting... Things are getting a little funky. It's <laughs> fun. Uh, <laughs> but no. Nah. Hey, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. As you run, warming up, just like anything else, it takes a little bit of a warm-up, even though you can be, like, hot on, too. But depending on where you start, that's your starting level of intensity increase or degree of difficulty increase. But um, no, nah, vernacular words, reading, reading different books and corny phrases or magazines, just reading in general helps keep that 
words to bring uh, connection. Also, getting your buzzwords together, words and phrases that you intend to use in a song, things you think that be cool. Because we're still talking about the overall quality of MC, which is just free word association. You got to give them punchlines every now and then. And yeah. Be familiar with what runs for what. So, you know, you keep your word bank up. Uh, I hardly ever use words from my word bank, but I always tell myself one day when I do, oh, this is going to be a, you know, because I rap from the heart too, and I write from the heart. Without no preconceived idea and notion, sometimes because most of the time I'll do a feature work as opposed to my own work. So yeah, and that's something I'm balancing more because I want to do more of my own quintessential projects and not taking anything away from my collaborations at all. But also, you know, to be able to cherry pick, you know, which producers I want to use, beats and musicians to make more of a, a quintessential piece. How many songs of your own do you think you have in your memory bank that you can just? go at at any time just off the brain that's interesting too because i've had songs that i've memorized that i don't fully remember now because i don't perform them anymore yeah i would say it's up in the hundreds wow not at least it's up to a hundred now pure errorless verbatim i'm not that good i have a tendency to flub lyrics or might not say them in the same cadence or might miss a lyric or two but it's only like one lyric or two every now and then yeah you know, because my bros, they get on me about that. You know, some cats are sticklers for lyrics, like the guy at the karaoke bar that gets mad at you because <laughs> you're looking at the screen. You're looking at the screen for the lyrics. Yeah. You know, they're passionate about it. But that's why you have rehearsal. You rehearse, rehearse, rehearse till you know it. And then when you know it, you know it and you keep it on your cap. Some stuff I think I have on my cap that I'll never forget, you know, but other stuff I'll be like, oh, I don't remember that anymore. I got to rehearse it. And then it comes back to you. But yeah. I'd say it's up in the hundreds, probably. Oh, that's pretty good. You know, I remember stuff, you know, for instance, I remember stuff that I've had since the mid-80s, right, that I didn't record. Okay. And, like, I have a song with Haiku to talk called Mike and Eddie. And I, that's I, actually I, I a love song that song. Me and Eddie A.C. Lone started in 1985 when we were, like, teenagers. That Ab just heard about and thought it would be good to bring that back for 2004, you know. So that song already was like a good 20 years old. <laughs> but wow. even on this new EP that I did with Factor called People Into Making Progress, yeah. there's a song on it called Fairweather Friends. And the chorus of that is actually uh, a, a verse bar from like 85. Wow. No doubt 85, wow. 86 of me when I was um, a kid and it was just one of the little things I never recorded it really. So I was like, but I remembered it. So I was like, let me fly that in. <laughs> but you know, you got other rhymes that are more difficult for me to remember, like that I have to constantly study, like delusions of grandeur, the foods are romantic solutions, of romantic, the proof of the dance. Well, you know what I mean? That song yeah. is a challenge delusions of grandeur or my verse with freestyle fellowship level of difficulty. Every man for himself, you know, yeah, uh, so that, that's a that's a challenge. Give me difficult, mythical, typical, critical, pitiful, beautiful, hypocritical, hypothetical, alphanumerical. I don't win anyway. Obstacle course for the survival. Unforgivable, unforgivable, diabolical lies within the Bible. You know, I feel theory of love. You know, but uh, it's kind of hard depending on where you start and where you take the breath. Yeah, you dig, and you don't want to do any syllable omissions. But I'm learning to roll with it because also, you know, you got to keep your wind up. You know, there's an athletic aspect to it. I was a basketball player as well as a musician and stuff, and just younger yeah 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 yo 
I got three more questions. It real rapid. Michael. Better than nothing. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think what was the first thing that came to my mind. Avatar, for some okay. reason, that popped up in my head. So I think it's because the movie Magic or Crash. I think because the plot, you know, movies yeah. like Adaptation because of the plot twist. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm also into all the Ridley Scott series, all the Alien movies. I love Prometheus. I love, you yeah, know, I all love of that. Prometheus, yeah. yeah. I love all my sci-fi. So, you know, we're not talking about genre. We're talking about one movie. Uh, I, I just like, I really like that Avatar shit for some reason. I'm already in science fiction and all of that. Yeah. I really like the imaging in it, at least at that time. Mainly, I'm a sci-fi um, dude. I'm, I like the sci-fi, the biggest genre. I like sci-fi thrillers. Yeah. My second question. If you were mad at your significant other, what song would you play? Uh, if I was mad at my significant other? Yeah. Uh, it might be uh, Marvin Gaye. He got a song called Anger. Anger. Dope. Dope answer. Uh, Anger. Or I might play Otis Redding. Who was that? Is that Otis Redding or um, Bill Withers? Which one? You're going to use me until you use me. Uh, Bill Withers. Or... question if you had a last meal it was your last meal what what would it be and from where see if it was my last meal i'd try to make it a complicated meal so i could have some more living time, <laughs> time but i know what you mean you're talking about favorite food type deals right? yeah yeah uh it'd probably be my girl's cooking probably and her just doing something crazy way out maybe doing like a wild Seafood casserole or something—I don't know. My last meal, hmm, or my favorite, one of my favorite meals. Uh, I would say maybe um, a breaded bowl lobster bisque with uh, uh, blackened cajun swordfish stuffed with crab, and a maybe like some uh, sautéed. You know, vegetables fresh from the garden, of course. You know, albeit asparagus, everything. And maybe some cheesy mashed potatoes. And, of course, you know, a nice macaroni and cheese with, with, with one of them little hard corners. Uh, he said with the hard corners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Y'all doing too much to me right now. I'll pass <laughs> it. <laughs> it I am, I love food stuff. Yeah. Hey. No, that's dope. That's dope, man. Hey, I appreciate you. And I want you to um tell everybody where they can find you at. You can find me on my website, myka9.com, or on Instagram, myka, numerical number nine, at Twitter as well, myka9. And also even on Facebook as myka9. That's the fan page, but also M Y K A N Y N E. 
my email is listed in the bio or something like that. And you guys can hit me up for features and shows and merch. And I really appreciate all the fans, truly, and all my fellow artisans across the board, north, south, east, west, old school, new school, no school, true school, uh, all the different musician friends I know from the younger jazz cats to the more established jazz cats coming up. I notice when I go to eateries, I'm real polite with people. And some people know who I am. Some people, you uh-huh. know what I mean? But uh, they always give me like extra, extra stuff, like extra fries when I didn't order it or like extra piece of fish or something. You know, I love it. Yo, they they, they looking out. And especially in the spirit of COVID right now. I mean, I do see people helping each other. I'm showing people love, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm there for it too. thing I can't stand is when you're in the store and somebody breathing down your neck uh, and they don't have their mask on right or don't even have a mask on at all. And I'm just like trying to tell them, yo, you know. And I'm like, you know, man, can I get my space or whatever? And they're like, oh, oh that COVID's a hoax, man. I'm like, well, I'm not going to argue with you because I want another droplets come out your, your mouth at me. <laughs> yeah, kill you me. Know? I don't think it's a hoax. So can I just have my little space? Like, you know, uh, yo, I know, I know, I know too many people that has died from it. So no, it's not a hoax. You know, me too. And I'm like, I just ran out of alcohol. I got some alcohol. So the doorknobs, light switches and stuff. And I don't do the too many spreaders. I might go to a video maybe once a month and, and jump in a video or something. Or yeah. maybe have a couple cats over while I'm recording. But, uh, no, nah, man, I'm about to go get my vitamins right now. Multivitamins to pump them seeds, man, and then keep the active on it. You know, hey, yeah. hey, hey, I'm Rona. I tell them I'm Rona Tyson. I'm Rona <laughs> Tyson, man. I'm, I'm on it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Hey, man, I appreciate this opportunity to chat with you guys. And um, it's all up, man. No doubt. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. How What a great conversation that was. I want to give a shout out to Micah Nine. He took us to school this week. I learned so much in this conversation that I did not know before. Hip hop is the greatest. Make sure that you go out and and support the brother Micah Nine uh, on his website, MicahNine.com. That is M-Y-K-A-9.com. And you can hit him up on Instagram also, M-Y-K-A, numerical number nine. And don't forget to stream the music on Spotify, Apple Music, and on Tidal. And on his website, he also has merch, and you can get all of the albums, physical copies. And don't forget to hit us up on Instagram also. That is Audio Trip Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, So hit us up. And don't forget to mask up. People are dying out here, for real, in real life, not for play play. People are really dying. So make sure... Y'all keep your mask on and don't just put that shit over your mouth. Put it over your nose, too. You can breathe through it. Stop playing. Y'all have a great week. Peace. Uh-huh. It's Mike Anand. There's a lot going on in the world and in my mind, uh-huh. Yeah, man. Since back in the days, since we were slaves, trade Jim Crow, uh. Even when we share a crop, I Brothers was standing up in the fields and was hip-hopping. 
gospel in the church Brothers will be rockin' really hostile with the verse Happen, happen These dudes end up in the streets They smokin' crack and they cabin They don't know their name is reenactment They in South Africa and Zimbabwe They don't like the way they get paid They treat them people like they disobey The different overstanding of the land they lay And I've heard that I like to express to what they ask for And what they ask for are words that think that they can play To evolve the hustles living in a life People that lived and died for the struggle Little go-getters who make their money double Family members who want their piece of the puzzle Damage into your mental, but you keep it under To each and every one of them can reach another And we don't want to go so deep to teach a young to be a gunner We are people in the making progress We're not evil, we just dodging objects We can see through all your feeble subjects We ain't weakened if you're sleeping, fuck it We are people in the making progress We're not evil, we just dodging objects We can see through all your feeble subjects We ain't weakened if you're sleeping, fuck it Hey yo, we've been listening to these episodes non-stop. Where's the food at? I'm hungry as hell. The food will come shortly. These are rather addictive. Dope. That's what I was going for the whole time. Earthman. What up? What's up with the real b-boy battle? <laughs> yo, you wild, yo. <laughs> oh, you serious? I make beats. I don't freestyle. I don't rhyme at all. What you got, boss? Baldor, hit me with a beat. Ah, I think I can give it a shot. You're kind of cute, person. I think you're making me hot. Such an oddity, an alien from out of space. And I don't mean me. You're the one that's out of place. Collecting earthlings like souvenirs. Pull up in my spaceship like hop in, my dear. Call me Ariel. I want to be part of your world. Soaking in your culture. I'm such a fangirl. And I'm real galactic with the semantics. All of my antics got you so frantic. A million of these episodes will never satisfy. I want to be an earth girl forever by your side. Oh, shit. Please pass the mic. <laughs>